0: hello and welcome to mini episode number 318 of real life ghost stories and i have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from october the 29th 2023 and story number one comes from chloe my first encounter with what i would say is paranormal was in my teenage years at my family home in cumbria for some background context my family consists of my mum, my older sister and my two older brothers and me My dad died when I was four years old and we had only just moved into the house he had built himself five months prior to his death. When I was a teenager, my mum was out for the night with her new partner at the time and I was left alone at home with the dog, as all of my siblings had moved out or were at uni. I remember sitting in our living room that followed through into our dining room and I was sat on the sofa watching TV with my dog resting on the arm of the sofa, randomly out of nowhere. My dog began to sit up and lean forward and glare at nothing towards the dark dining room in front of us. He then started to growl, which freaked me out even more and I told him to stop it, but he wouldn't. I immediately rang my mum and told her what the dog was doing, to which she responded, Oh, he's probably just heard something outside, that's all. For more context, we also lived in a tiny, quiet village in the middle of nowhere, so it just made it even more terrifying. About 30 minutes went by and suddenly I could hear footsteps upstairs coming from my mum's room down the corridor, past my brother's creaky floorboard outside his room and down to my sister's room on the other side of the house. This sent me west, and I rang my mum again in a panic, telling her I think there's someone in the house. She told me to check with her on FaceTime, but there was no sign of anybody. I could have been sick with fear, but I went back downstairs to the living room and blasted the TV to drown out any noise of potential ghosts walking around the house. A bit of time went by and I started to hear the same noise again, so I put the volume down on the TV. The footsteps were now coming back from my sister's room, past my brother's creaky floorboard and back towards my mum's room. I told my mum when she was home the next day and asked if she had ever heard anything similar, to which she told me she had never heard anything when she was alone in the house. I'm now 24 years old and recently asked her again about whether she remembered that situation and she then decided to tell me that she did actually hear those exact same footstep noises quite a few times when home alone and didn't want to worry me so didn't tell me. I couldn't believe it as I knew it was weird what I heard. So we now wonder was my dad having a little wander around to check if we were in our rooms. My next stories are crazy and take place when I was in university in York. I lived in a relatively new student hall in York and lived on the third floor, the top floor, and the roof of the building was a flat roof. One night I was woken up by the sound of a football or basketball bouncing above my head, as though someone was on the roof bouncing the ball then letting it bounce off by itself to a stop. This would happen multiple times, and happened so many times over various nights. I ended up reporting it to maintenance and asked if they could check if there was a ball on the roof as it was waking me up every night. It continued and continued until I finally went and asked if they had found anything on the roof. They told me there was nothing up there and it was probably some pipes banging to which I decided could be a solution and I would listen carefully if I heard it again. Lo and behold it happened again that night and upon listening the sound was definitely not pipes and happened each time in the same early hours of the morning at around 3am. I expressed my worry to my flatmates about how creepy it was, to which one flatmate in particular told me to stop being stupid, it would be nothing to worry about. That night I was not woken up by the bouncing ball sound and I wondered if I had either slept through it or it had finally stopped. That following morning I had messages from my sceptical flatmate who told me she couldn't believe it, but she was woken up by the same ball bouncing sound above her head that night. Another situation that happened in them holes was lots of movement. Lights would randomly turn on by themselves and one day, when making myself some beans for my jack potato, I'd gone to the fridge to grab some butter and I glanced over at my pan on the hob. And my wooden spoon began to flip out of the pan and land on the other side of the kitchen. I sprinted out of that kitchen and tried to work out what laws of physics could have caused that. We had also had one of our flatmates go home for the weekend so her room was empty. And again, for more context, to enter each room you needed to have almost what looked like a hotel room key card to gain access, otherwise the rooms were locked individually from the outside. My flatmate, who was on the other side of the wall to her, messaged me to say that our flatmate must have come home early, as she was making such a racket in her room slamming drawers and cupboards, and that it was annoying her as she was trying to do her work. I responded that it was weird she was home so early and to message her in the group chat to be quiet. My flatmate did so, and our other flatmate responded, What on earth are you talking about? I'm at home. We thought she was having us on, and we said, Don't be stupid, we know you're back. She then sent us her location, and she definitely was not in the flat. I then darted over to my flatmate's room, and asked her what noise she was hearing, and she told me to sit and wait, and not long after, the slamming began again, and we were so freaked out. When our other flatmate returned, we told her what we had heard, and when she opened her room... All her drawers were wide open and there was no explanation. Why would they be like this? No one else had access to anyone else's rooms. Now this is the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me paranormal wise. I was clearly sceptical about what was going on in the flat and tried not to let myself get carried away about what might or might not be there. Especially as my flatmates did not believe the same as me despite what had happened there so far. Five of our friends including us three from our flat and two girls from another flat, were sat in my room sorting out a night out altogether. My room was an L shape and my door to my room was at the top of the L and my bed was along the bottom of the L by my window and my desk alongside my bed. That meant if you were sat on the end of my bed you would be facing my door to my room and if you were sat at the head of my bed you would be around the corner and not see my door. Me and my friend from another flat were sat at the end of the bed and all of a sudden My eyes caught the attention of this large black figure walking through my bathroom wall, in front of my door, and out through the other wall on the other side. When I say this figure was solid black, it had no face, but had the outline of a person, and when walking past my door, you could not see through them. They also had their own shadow and were easily six to seven foot tall. They seemed to walk so slowly, almost human, but also not. As soon as I saw this, my mind immediately started thinking, I have gone crazy. But before I could even finish thinking that thought, my friend next to me screamed, What the fuck was that? What the fuck did I just see? To which I replied, Did you just see that too? And we freaked the fuck out. We tried to recreate what we saw, but with no luck. No lighting, angles, movements or anything could recreate what we saw. This friend was also a sceptic, and now believes in the paranormal because of this experience. Since that encounter, I have never seen anything like that. But I think because it scared me so much, I have now blocked it out of my mind so I can no longer see things like that. I do believe that this was the beginning of my spiritual awakening, you could call it. But I was definitely not ready to physically see people walking through our flat. Well, Chloe, that escalated. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> I hate myself when I laugh at my own jokes just just so you're aware. So going back to the beginning like I understand why your mom was like, "No, no, footsteps? What are you talking about? I've never heard those footsteps before." Because if she said, "Oh my god, yes, I've heard them too. The house is obviously haunted." You'd be you'd, you'd never stay in the house on your own ever ever again, understandably. I also think that it's lovely to think that those footsteps even though they were terrifying, even though they were really scary at the time, It's lovely to think that maybe it's your dad checking in on you guys, you know, having a wander, checking in to make sure that everything's okay in the house, checking in to make sure that all of you guys are okay. And also, even though it came years later, you know, it's nice to have that experience validated for your mom to go, yes, I did actually hear that too a number of times, so that you don't feel like you've overreacted to something that was natural or explainable. Your uni experiences sound really bizarre and terrifying. We all know York is supposed to be an incredibly haunted city. A city that I've not yet been to and it is has been on my list for a long time. And I don't know what that could have been up on the roof making that sound. It's a very specific sound, that sound of a ball bouncing and then bouncing to a stop. That That is a specific sound that I think we could probably all pinpoint. But why would it be on your roof and why at the same time every night or every morning when my radiators come on in this house? The pipes make a really specific sound. And for all the world, it does sound like a, it would sound like a ball. It has the same pattern of a sound. So you've got like a ticking sound and then it kind of speeds up and then comes to a stop as though, you know, a ball is bouncing to a stop. But it doesn't sound like a ball. It's metallic and tinny. It it sounds like pipes. You would know the difference between pipes and a ball. And you know what? I'm super glad that your sceptical roommate heard it too. Okay. That's what you get for saying, don't be stupid. It's clearly something else. I find the story of the drawers really disturbing as well because in my mind, I envisage somebody frantically searching through your roommate's drawers. And if that is a dead person or a living person, both ways are terrifying because you are in the next room listening to this happen and realizing that your roommate is not in fact in the room. And again, I'm not glad that you had that terrifying experience with the shadow figure, but I am glad that somebody else was there to see it too. Is that what was causing all the disturbances? Is that what was causing the ball sound? The rooting through the drawers sounds? I always wonder with shadow figures, like, are they the soul spirits? I don't know, essence of people that have passed away? Are they ghosts? Or is it something else entirely? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And story number two comes from Anonymous. My first paranormal encounter happened when I was about six or seven years old. I still remember it clearly because it was such a bizarre moment that even years later I just can't get it out of my head. I lived in a small old house with my parents and three older brothers. I'm the youngest sister. My parents had a bedroom. My three brothers were cramped in one other bedroom with bunk beds and I had the smallest room of all right next to the top of the staircase. I'm not sure how old the house is because when we moved I never looked back. The house had those wooden, creaky stairs. I was so used to the sound of footsteps walking and running up and down those stairs that I knew exactly by the sound of it who was on the staircase. When I was little, I always slept with my door wide open and a small lamp on in my room as I was scared of the dark. One night, I was awake way past my bedtime. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had trouble falling asleep again, so I just stayed up looking at pictures from storybooks with a small light, which is something I usually did when I couldn't sleep. Suddenly I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. I immediately shut the book, turned off my little light and laid in bed on my stomach pretending to be asleep with my eyes tightly closed. I assumed it was my mom or one of my brothers coming to check on me like they usually did. The moment I laid down on my bed I started listening to the footsteps. I immediately knew that I didn't recognise these footsteps at all. They were deliberate and very, very calm, taken one step at a time. I'd never heard someone walking so slowly and steady and the footsteps were very loud too thanks to the creaky stairs. I heard every single step going up and when it was all the way up the stairs that person immediately took a right turn and walked into my open bedroom. They were now right next to my face and then I heard someone stooping low and breathing very fast, loudly and angrily through their nose right in my ear. I thought it was probably one of my brothers messing with me since I was not a stranger to the endless pranks that they liked to play on me. I said to my brother, because I was convinced that it was my brother now, to leave me alone, still with my eyes closed, but they didn't stop. Then I started to say it louder. Leave me alone, can't you see I'm trying to sleep? The angry breathing stopped. I expected my brother to leave, but there was only total silence. I didn't hear anyone leave my room either. That's when I opened my eyes and saw that there was nobody there. I was so confused. I stood up and walked to the staircase and looked down. Usually there was somebody awake watching TV at night, or when everyone went to sleep we always left a small lamp on downstairs so that when someone went to get some water at night they wouldn't stumble around and trip over themselves. But I stared into the darkness and I knew that no one was awake at this hour, but that sounded irrational. Next I checked the bedrooms. I first looked into my parents' room and they were fast asleep. Then I went to my brother's room, I looked at all of them and they were all fast asleep too. I didn't know what to do then. The only thing I was feeling was curiosity and confusion, but surprisingly I wasn't scared. By this time I did get tired and just went to my bed to sleep. It was the next morning, and with some hesitation I decided to tell everyone what happened. I hesitated because as the youngest one in the house I was never taken seriously. I waited until everyone was gathered in the living room and I told them about the night before... And what I feared happened. All my brothers laughed in my face, not believing me and telling me how such a small girl can have such a big imagination. But my parents' reaction was different. They looked at each other knowingly. And I knew they believed me. But all my mom said was that it was nothing and not to think about it so as not to scare me. They knew something but didn't tell me. Now when I'm older and think about this memory, one question pops into my head. Why wasn't I scared shitless like a normal kid would be? Because whatever it was, was obviously trying to scare me. I thought about this and I think it's because I find that my curiosity always gets the better of me in such moments. And then my fear vanishes and all I want to do is search for answers. Or maybe I was just too young to understand what a paranormal encounter was. At another time I would gotten into a yelling match with my mom. As the stubborn child that I was, I stormed up the stairs and continued yelling from there. I was alone upstairs, but something strange happened. We had a tall closet up there in the hallway, and we had put a couple of pretty snow globes up there on top. They were especially there so that I could not touch them so as not to break them. This closet was so tall that I could never reach it. Suddenly, without a logical reason, a snow globe that no one has touched for a very long time fell to the ground, rolled all the way to the stairs where I was standing, and fell downstairs. My mom was furious because she thought that I had thrown the snow globe down in anger, but I just stood there, dumbfounded. I knew that whatever I tried to explain now, my mom just wouldn't listen and it was highly likely that I landed in a bigger problem now. I just knew in my mind that this was not an accident. I was 100% certain that the ghost did this on purpose and was likely enjoying this. Even when this thought came into my head, it didn't scare me. It just pissed me off more for playing me like that. I have another smaller story which is not very scary but it still left an impression on me. Around that same age I caught a very high fever, the highest I've ever had. I was taken to a doctor and I got some medicine, but the medicine didn't work and my fever only got worse. My fever had gotten so bad that I started hallucinating. I saw the weirdest, most scary things in my hallucinating state and this went on for longer than a week. I stopped eating for days and the only thing I drank was orange juice. When I didn't eat my mom tried at least to get me to drink but every time someone brought me a glass filled with clear water I would see something black in the glass and I would refuse to drink it. But strangely I never saw weird things in thicker liquid. This was one of my weird hallucinations. I remember another hallucination where I saw whole swarms of mosquitoes everywhere in the house. I had a fear of mosquitoes because one time when I was little I asked my brother what mosquitoes are and for once I wished that my brother just lied to me But instead, he told me that mosquitoes come for you any time of the day or night to bite you and suck your blood out of you. That little true fact scared the hell out of little me. After a few more days, the fever didn't go down, so our doctor gave me some stronger medicine, but that didn't help either. Stronger than that, I wouldn't get, because it would do more harm than good to a child. The only thing our doctor said after that was that the fever should go down on its own, and if it doesn't, then I would either lose my mind or worse. My mom then heard from a friend that there was a spiritual healer that we could reach out to. She was ready to try anything at this point. I remember being in someone's living room sitting at a table, feeling the weakest that I had ever felt, resting with my head on the table. There was a man sitting at my right holding my hand and chanting or praying in a language that I didn't understand with his eyes closed in complete concentration. Later we went home. And the very next morning when I awoke it was like I never had a fever to begin with. I was surprisingly all better and started eating and playing again. Some time ago I talked to my mom about this and she said at the time the spiritual healer had said that someone in our family had cast an evil eye on me out of jealousy. Of what exactly there is to be jealous of a six-year-old I don't know. I'm not a very religious person and I do not understand a lot about the supernatural but I do believe that if there are spirits in our world that are out to harm you there must also be good ones out there ready to protect you and you just got to ask them first. Isn't it funny how everybody can tell the the sounds of their family members' footsteps? You know, you can always tell who's coming down the hall just by the sound of their footsteps or who's coming up the stairs just by the sound of their footsteps. So funny, but less funny when you realise that it is not somebody from your family, it's the middle of the night and then they breathe over you. And as somebody with two older brothers, I totally understand the immediate feeling of, oh, this my brother's trying to wind me up, leave me alone, shut up kind of vibes. And then I cannot even begin to imagine the fear when you realise that it wasn't your brothers. I don't know whether you can ask your parents about this now but I would love to know why your parents looked at each other knowingly when you reported this experience. What did they know? What was happening in that house, you know? And I will say that I would be absolutely fucking furious with the snow globe situation as well. I would be shadow boxing with that ghost over the snow globe sitch because there's nothing worse than getting in trouble for something that you didn't do when you really, you know, you didn't do it, you definitely didn't do it. And all of a sudden you're being, you're being, you know, scolded for it. Oh, that's the worst. That is, I'd be so pissed off at the ghost for that. And finally, in regards to your spiritual healer, like you guys know, I love stories about people getting what we would call the cure from people. And I I, like, I don't know if it's willpower, if it's a placebo effect, but it's one of those things that always fascinates me, this idea of the cure, you know? And I presume that the spiritual healer was sort of implying that somebody was jealous of your family and therefore had cast an evil eye on you to get revenge on the family. But like you said, who's casting an evil eye on the six-year-old? If you're casting some sort of curse on a family via their six-year-old child, then you need to grow up, okay? You need to get a life. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Chloe and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from October the 29th, 2023. And if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content you can subscribe to the patreon that's patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note i should see you next time